Just like Bette Midler in Big Business, I'm the cousin who thinks she's above her raisin. It's Condé Nasty. And just like the other Bette Midler in Big Business, I'm just an enormous bitch. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. In reality, I'm the cousin who shows up with a mayo-free coleslaw with a house-made honey mustard vinaigrette, cranberries, slivered almonds, chopped fresh Granny Smith apples. So, I'm not wrong. Um, how are you, Hersla, and what do you bring to the cookout? My sparkling wit. That is true. I've invited you to cookouts. You also show up with wine. Well, it's, I'm, very, I'm very nice, but I'm very lazy. So, yes, I will bring something, but yes, it's also going to be the bottle of wine I picked up at the nearest store to where I'm going. That, um, <laughs> preach. Yeah, um, I'm good. I, I got a bike this week, which I haven't had in about six seven years because my nice. last one got my last one got stolen and i never replaced it so it's been fun it's I, I i live off the lakefront trail which is mercifully reopened so i just you know ride on that the last couple of days turning's fun um we've talked about this you know how gym class is emotionally scarring in a way that leaves you without a relationship to your body i think that that was particularly extreme for you and you project that level of extremeness on all gay men due to specifics of your childhood but yes i do so so turning is still an experience because who let me tell you they're very wide slow turns not not no no leaning into the turn because i'm terrified i'll topple over and kill myself i get that my <laughs> husband's brother is a semi-professional cyclist and he built him a new bike and gave it to him last week and i am still in the hey honey why don't you take it out of the car and put it together solely because i want to ride it because it is much nicer than mine <laughs> anyways i could just do that myself but again laziness um anyways welcome everyone to reading drag race uh this week we have a very special guest making their first appearance on the pod please welcome tara Woo! hey tara how are you Hi, I'm I'm hello. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Um, real quick, so Ursula. Um, so I have to show you this. Oh, that's amazing. So because podcasting is a visual medium, Tara's showing me a gorgeous Ursula tattoo on their bicep, and it is glorious. Yes. For <laughs> for you, copyright you. reasons, it's H E R S U L A. We pronounce it Ursula, but you you get where we're going with it. Because I'm a very, very hairy human being, of which no one can see because audio. Uh, my name on the internet for a long time was Fursula. I'm so clever. I, that, I enjoy <laughs> that. That's very fun. We're clever people. We just are. Oh, yeah. yeah Comedy yeah. for resilience. We, we needed to be. Um, <laughs> so, Tara, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we are yeah, very excited to have you here. Yeah. Um, so with all of our first time guests, we always like to ask, what's your coven? And that is like, what five drag queens from the drag race canon really resonate with you spiritually, or you see something of yourself in or something aspirational in? Um, so who would be in your coven? Um, the first two are really easy for me. Uh, Shay is one of them. Um, I've known Shay for a hundred years. Um, really like, I don't know, probably like eight years or so. Um, and was like lucky enough to get to be here performing like back in the day all the time and like hung out, whatever. Um, so definitely, definitely Shay. Jackie. 
uh, Jackie Cox would be my uh, second one. Um, okay. Be, being an Afghan queer uh, kiddo, like growing up never in a million years, would I have like thought I could see my little drag self represented somehow? Yeah, um, yeah that makes sense. So that was like, that was like a super great one. And then after that, like, I think Monique. Okay. Monique Hart. Um, I really, like, love Monique Hart. I love her. I love everything about her. I love how she like just like I just want to hear her talk, like all the time. Just talk to you. Uh, watching Monique put Nicole Byer in drag is like my meditation practice. It's just the most did, joyous, happy thing. <laughs> like I just want Monique to read books to me, and, with her commentary because Monique's commentary is priceless. I love Monique talking about the Bible. Like, I love Monique in all contexts. I like her interpretations and reinterpretations of scripture. I find it such a fascinating intersection of theology and queer culture. Just her takes on things. that, And they make sense. I, I love Monique Hart. Anyways, sorry. Continue. No, yeah, no. Please. We can talk about Monique all day. Um, there will always be a spot for Manila in my life. Um, Manila Luzon. I... I still weep when I watch season three and uh, yeah, I, I, and I, I weep a little when, you know, Naomi sent her home and yeah, that makes sense. I, lots of weeping. Um, so Manila. And then my last one would probably be a door. There's just something about a door that I, I can't get enough of. Yes. There is like a chaotic, good, candid, like the id exposed, whatever quality to adore that is like amazing like she's kind is... of something she has in common with monique there's just a sense of there is no artifice here this is their personality completely exposed to the world yeah yeah Which is great. yeah that's like i think it's a really really good way to put it it's very just like i don't know i adore watching like adore's transformation from this like hog body trying to be like a real drag queen quote unquote uh, the way that she would like say it on the show to like really embracing who she is in drag. I just like love. I love to see you love to see it. We love Me to too. see it. Me too. Um, and I I feel like a lot of people felt very negatively about her leaving All Stars too. And I get that the circumstances surrounding it, her talking about being on drugs when she was there, whatever. Like I get it. But on some level, I feel like the show drag is like a performance art that is like pretty freeform and the show is pretty restrictive mm-hmm. and on some level i feel like what is great about a door and certainly more grown up a door is not putting on a pageant gown you know like for a crown mm-hmm. like it's not it's not a conforming to rupaul's expectations so on some level i feel like i don't know i don't think she would have been a great all-star competitor because they're asking a lot of you sort of to conforming to expectations as opposed to like yeah. being a free-thinking artist and i just i don't think it's like the venue for her to shine so yeah no i i would completely agree with that i i feel like not i feel like but like drag race is a very specific kind of drag that they yeah. like to bring yeah. on right yes. and like yeah. there, there's a, a variety of types but when you're on the show it does get very tailored uh like you were saying and it it just not everyone can do well and be successful and happy in that like environment. Um, yeah. And 
at the end of the day, it's reality TV. So, of course, there's a lot of things happening that we're obviously not seeing. But right, um, right. I still love the sh- a lot of it. I love the shit out of it. I don't know if I can say that, but I said it anyway. You can yeah. absolutely swear on this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, I, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I still very much love the show. I also like a lot of drag that would not be well received on the show. And yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, yeah. I, I look forward to going to see non-drag race drag again one day. Same. Person. Same. Same. I mean, if y'all want, I can send you the Twitch links every time I get them. Because it's super fun, watch, especially watching the Chicago girls and what they've mm-hmm. done during the pandemic. Like, most of the Chicago girls have produced things better than the three finalists from season 12, in my opinion. Um, just with, like, the stuff that they put out during quarantine. It's, it's phenomenal. I do need to get on Twitch. I'm not a gamer, but the like the I know the drag queens on Twitch are fun. I've seen like highlights, a lot of them on YouTube, and my husband watches them. I definitely yeah. feel like I need to get into that. Um, yeah. Um, anyways, all right. Well, that is a solid coven. Um, I love all of those girls. Um, yeah. So, what are you thinking of All Stars Five thus far? Um, the gag got me real good. I, I try very hard to like keep my, uh, blinders up before we get to the show. Cause I don't want to know anything about anybody, etc. Um, so I had no idea that the, I knew that a twist was coming with like elimination. I didn't know what it was. Um, and when I saw it, I was like, this sounds stupid <laughs> i was like this sounds really hard but i have loved it i thought it was a really smart change um okay. and it's brought like a kind of energy to the show that i don't think it had before and that might have kind of been missing since season two um okay i really like the challenges the season okay not necessarily the performances all of the time but um there's an energy to season five that i feel like or uh, that I feel like some of the previous ones, three and four, didn't have. really didn't have. I would say that All Stars Five is my favorite All Stars outside of two, but I I'm still very. How do I say this? I would re- I was hoping the twist this time around would be like, we're gonna focus on the dragon, not the drama, and remove this like voting situation. Um, because I would much prefer that than the, like, there's only one winner. Because it feels like it's just mm-hmm. a different version of, this is how we're infusing a Real Housewives reunion vibe into the show. And it's different. For me, I feel like the challenges are maybe a little better in their construction, and I like the cast more. I'm not sure if the, pre- I'm not sure if the change to the only one winner is what did it for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I can see that for sure. And, like, the, the voting definitely feels, you know, very, like, vote somebody off, Survivor, whatever. I've actually never seen an episode of Survivor. So I'm just Neither have I, but it. it's clearly okay. doing that. <laughs> yeah, we, we know of it in, like, popular consciousness, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I, I kind of liked that because my favorite thing to watch is, obviously, I love the drag, I love the runways and performances, but right. my favorite thing to watch is, like, the sisterhood and the camaraderie that we can see. So when you see like Shay helping the girls and when you see Bianca offering her uh, corset to a door and when you Everybody see say love. Asia running around. Yeah. And, no, oh, I, get <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Go on. <laughs> um, 
that kind of stuff is what I love. So I wish that there was more of that in all of the seasons. Well, honestly, yeah, that's what always gets me about this All Star Elimination model. It's like oh God, it's a... I would rather watch the queens face off being their best than outmaneuver each other. Like. It, it, it's like it doesn't actually hurt the game for Shay to be like, yeah, this is a little fat. This is a fabric thing that civilians have no reason to know, but I do, and it will help make this better because it's more interesting to watch Shay face the best version of Juju B, not mm-hmm. Shay win by default because Juju's not a seamstress. Like that, that, that is narratively less interesting. The the reason, like my favorite moment in the series is probably is that season nine lips uh the finale lip sync with uh shay and sasha because that was like watching drag gods like yeah that that's like the fight that's part of a culture's creation legend where it's like the the corpses left behind by this battle formed the land that we live on now like just that was amazing to watch because it was two great queens just being great at each other not Mm -hmm. not not this chicanery um yeah (laughs) I agree with your larger point, though I still think sewing is a drag queen skill, even if any of them don't have it. Don't disagree. The Um, social maneuvering in the workroom is not what I'm here for, but whatever. Um, Okay, so let's get into this episode. So this is All-Star Season 5, Episode 6, The Charles Family Backyard Ball. So the girls go back into the workroom and Shay lets Alexis know she got real close to eliminating her. Tara, what did you think? About what Shay said? Uh, just about, yeah, about Shay telling Alexis that about just the time yeah. back in the workroom after episode five. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think Shay was smart by like, hey, you know, it was being very clear, like, I didn't send you for a reason, but I got close because you've been doing some shenanigans. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's a lot of he said, she said between like what India said to her and what. Uh, Alexis said to her and like what happened um, I do think India was the right person to go home um, I really felt for Alexis in that moment though too like okay. Alexis like I did not feel that like her tears were uh, disingenuine I didn't think that um, she was in the wrong so I do think like my, my heart broke a little for Alexis when she was crying in the, at their like recap or whatever at the beginning Okay, but I still get what Shay was saying completely oh no Shay played it perfectly because she gets yeah. to milk all of the drama and screen time out of the idea of sending alexis home which is all the shit was about anyway we just oh yeah to the, but she but then she still gets to be the better person and say oh no i still picked india but i thought about it real hard like oh, a <laughs> masterful reality show uh work madam yeah no, i agree Shay. i agree she is smart cookies, honey. She is. So I feel that the truth is somewhere in the middle between what between Alexis and India. Do you it seems like everybody is like taken aside and and between things that Mayhem and Alexis have said, I'm like, oh, I believe that those three girls were like, we're voting for Shay. I don't think it was like a huge campaign for Alexis to share that with India. Um did you do you read it as like we don't really know or do you have do you take a side in this? Well, I fully take a side based on the articles I read yesterday where India backtracks everything she says on the show. I didn't I haven't seen this one. Oh, I'll have to Google. I will We're send done here. you the link. Interesting. Oh, thank you. Thank okay. you. Um, but India like 
I was like, oh yeah, when Alexis and Mayhem said that to me, it was after we voted. I'm sorry. If it was after you voted, then it's then not they a were campaign. Trying to get yeah. you to vote for sh- you are lying, which is why I think my favorite line from this show is, "You're a liar, and this is why Derek don't like you." <laughs> okay, that that makes sense. All right. Um, okay, the ne- it's the next day. Rue comes in, announces the challenge with that super affected way of speaking in both the video and his walk-in, which is fun. I love when he does that. I'm lying. Do you not uh, like you don't like that intro with the like where the girls have to guess what's coming? Oh no, I like the intros. I. It feels so disingenuous when Rue puts on that affected way of speaking <laughs> that it doesn't feel... I'm not super like, this is okay, but whatever. I'm also not the person to police that. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I completely agree with you, but I think everything Rue says is fake, so... There you go. Um, yeah. All right. I was thrilled by this challenge because I've been asking for an unconventional materials challenge for a year and a half. You have. Like, I, I'm so excited. I I don't mind that as queens get more successful and drag goes more mainstream, they get access to better artists and, more high, and just better constructed art. And I think, uh, especially queens like Shay, do a really good job of highlighting the artists they work with. So it doesn't, they're not passing it off as their own work. They're elevating the work that they, like, it's like drag queen success lets them buy other people's art, which makes them make more. All of that's great. But I do love and miss the, the, the kind of, you know, homespunness that defines like the show's first three seasons. There's, Something. Some of the best looks in this show have come out of those random. Here's a box of stuff challenges. So I was, I, I was tickled by the whole idea. It was also fun seeing RuPaul's, uh, knowing we would see RuPaul's uh, sisters again because I, I am one of like the six people that watch Drag You pretty consistently, and there was an episode where he got his sisters up in drag and. It was one of those weird moments of like, wow, in drag, they really look like RuPaul. I'm like, well, duh, Ursula, they are all related. But it was still a super fun episode. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is true. So it's not just that drag becomes more successful so they can work with um, more designers. It's also that um, because drag has become more mainstream and more popular, you can go on Amazon and buy, like, I mean, and, and online shipping. Like, it is just a lot an, easier. An look. Right. It is just a lot easier for girls to find shoes, lace front rigs, wigs that are under $40, dresses that will fit them, even if they're a six foot three man. It just, there is a lot more that is commercially available at all price points for drag queens. So there's just much less of a need to actually be able to fully construct a garment. And as somebody who sews, I know that this is like probably not something a bunch of other people would want, but. I would actually enjoy one of the sewing challenges because girls aren't so good at sewing. If they got, like, a massive caftan, just, like, here's one print, and you all get, like, a print. Here is your massive caftan. You have to tailor this to a look that you think is high fashion. Just something where it's, like, this is a piece of fabric with, like, a neck hole, and you have to come up with a way to tailor this down to something that looks not like just a giant caftan piece of fabric. Because I feel like that's easier for somebody who does not know how to sew, but it's still like a big transformation because you're basically going with this sheet that's stitched together at the sides and has a hole at the top to like 
a garment. And some of them, I think, would choose to completely deconstruct it to make it work. But I think it would be a fun... It would be a fun sewing challenge that would still be require transformation that girls who are not as good at sewing would be able to do. Just They did that one mini challenge in season five that was kind of like that. Yeah, but I mean that was mini challenge. That was like we're we're bunching this up, we're cutting it real quick, we're using like literally Oh, they really did. Yeah, no, I want like a you've got a day to turn this caftan into something that looks like a runway garment. And truthfully, I mean, I know that all the girls who really know how to sew would completely deconstruct it and use it as fabric. It would be the same challenge as, like, use the fabric wall for them. But I think for other girls, they would do something else. I think it would be fun. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent now. Um, I also love a... I love a runway challenge. I love an unconventional materials challenge. I'm here for the runway, most of all. I love a sewing challenge. I was excited to see this. Truthfully, the only thing I was disappointed in was that it was not three looks. I was confused by that. I was like, I had to rewind and be like, did I, did I keep missing the third one? Like, a friend it took told me, a me that they like, did oh, just, just two in season 12, too. They just did two in season 12. Is that true? I don't remember that they only did two, but... Maybe Sherry Pie was wearing all the third looks. <laughs> I feel like they had three in season 12 as well in the ball episode. They, they might have. Um, okay. So, I take it we're all excited for this challenge. Yes. Tara, do you enjoy it? Do yeah, enjoy oh, it on- yes. I, 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 I just love seeing what the girls can come up with, like, their creativity and their ingenuity with, like, the materials. Um, this is, I guess, like, a little bit of jumping ahead. But, like, I liked the idea that Blair had with the, the lawn chair strap. Yeah. To, like, kind of weigh it down and give it, give it a little bit of a different, like, look. That was, like, that, that was clever. Um, yeah. So like that out of the box thinking, I love that from these kinds of challenges because you know, girl, I just wish I was that creative. <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, the other thing I like about an idea, the idea of a challenge like this, is that they are get, there's also like a writing prompt. You're supposed to fuse fashion, fashion with character, character comedy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is the best or most original prompt for RuPaul. I wish they do more that was about fusing fashion with character comedy because I feel like that's what a lot of drag queens actually do. And there are ways to do that that would give the queens more creative freedom. Um, yeah, it, but... it all, we also didn't have to like suffer them sitting, you know, doing a badly written song or a painfully written sketch. Like letting them write their own copy here really helped. <laughs> Which speaks yeah. to who's doing the writing of those sketches. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, so... All right, so the girls are in the workroom. They gathered their stuff and they're chatting while they're sewing. Um, and Shay is helping the girls out. Uh, I got to be honest, I was very surprised that Miss Cracker did not know to lessen the tension and widen the stitch on an unconventional material on that sewing machine. That's sewing 101, but I digress. Shay is lovely. Um, yeah, um, so, so that was that whole thing was cute. I love Shay helping. Juju and Cracker. Shay is not the queen we deserve, but the oh, queen yeah. we all we all need. Um, she's she's so true. better than all of us. Um, I love her so much. Uh, yeah. And then Rue did a little bit of a walk around and talked to Juju. I thought that was interesting. I've gathered that there's been more. I haven't. I'm not watching Untucked this season. I've gathered there's been more discussion about Juju's sobriety and ending her engagement and all that. 
she hasn't talked too much about ending her engagement, at least that I've caught. Um, she's talked about ending. Uh, she talked about her sobriety with Mayhem in one of the untucks because uh, Mayhem had disclosed her uh, her run-ins uh, with the law on that point. And uh, yeah, because it was her Blair and Mayhem, and they all had some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny. Like Untucked is good again. Like they're they're just back in the workroom instead of that like little side studio, and they just let them talk. And okay. There's there's also been a minimum of the um, of like the forced guest judge coming in to further add drama, so it's pretty good. Um, they they fixed it. Yeah, Ju- Juju has. Um, it, I, I thought it was actually really interesting because like I've known Rue was in um, the program like for a while, and I feel like a lot of people have known that, but she never really talks about it. Um, and it's like one of those moments where I'm like, this is like, if you could just be this person on a regular basis, yeah, uh, you wouldn't be so insufferable. Okay, <laughs> I, I keen word choice there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I have gotcha. Strong feelings of RuPaul. You have made that clear, and I get it. <laughs> yeah, o- overall, these th- this walkthrough felt the like I hate it when she tries to be like faux Oprah, Fopra, if you will, just mm-hmm. a, like it's. It's painfully obvious, whatever Rue thinks, that we can tell the difference when she's saying something, you know, guru-like for the soundbite versus actually having a moment. And sharing something about sobriety, that was fucking honest. And it was clear and more interesting than, you know, just the kind of, uh, you know, psych 101 babble that she sometimes does with these queens about their inner saboteur. I agree. Oh my god. (laughs) I mean, if she hugs Plastic Tiara one more time and says, I'm your mama now, I will stab myself in the eye. Okay. I get it. Um, <laughs> the The conversation between Rue and Shay I thought was interesting because, okay, like, I love Shay Kulea and I it was interesting to hear all of that, but also the edit made it, like, we saw almost no RuPaul and, like, no RuPaul response that it felt like, a monologue from Shay, um, mm-hmm. which I doubted actually was, but Not it sure. was. It was so. It stood out to me as so odd that it wasn't even like a dialogue. It was like Shay, like Rue asked one question, and Shay, and it unlocked like four interrelated and important things, and Shay cried, and it was real. And I love Shay Coulee. Like I care a lot about Shay Coulee. It was interesting to see. It was just odd for it to be like, we're not even panning back to Rue. Oh, cool. Okay. I did that did that stand out to anybody else? It's kind of odd. No? Now, right. now, well, now that you mention it, I see it. But I was just like, because I didn't know any of that. Because it's, it's so weird. Like, yeah, stuff that happens while the show is on doesn't make it into the show. See, back to Sherry Pie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, it just a bunch of information all at once. And it was just like, that's, that's awful. That's that's a and, a and a lot to deal with. Just it really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. Is that it for the workroom? Do we want to take it to the runway? Oh, always. All right. Well, why don't we take uh why don't we take a moment to hear from our sponsors and then we'll take it to the runway. Isolated at home, desperate for human contact, but afraid of risking the other side of your front door, wondering if you still remember the scent of a man. Distant Daddy Deliveries is here to help. Once a week, we'll send a handsome silver fox to your home who will maintain six feet of physical distance and a world of emotional distance, just like your real father. 
Do you find you miss the feeling of never being good enough? Do you ache for disapproving silence? Have you finally given in to the fact that you'll only ever love men who will never love you back? Distant Daddy Deliveries is here for you. And Reading Drag Race has a special offer code just for you. Go to the website and enter the code FREUDIAN for all your disapproving father figure needs. And for those of you looking for the opposite experience, we'll be setting up our other service where we send you an oversharing mother with no boundaries, whose well-intentioned support still sometimes feels oppressive like a weighted blanket, next week. All right, and we are back to Take It to the Runway. Um, so the guest judge this week is BB Rexa, and Rue walks down in a corn-inspired dress, I believe. What did you think of this? I liked it. Okay, I liked it too. It, the internet seemed to, a lot of people seemed to love it. I liked it. I thought it was good. I also feel like a lot of people will, be, will sort of say, she gets tired, and I, I don't know, I feel like Rue, sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's just good. This for me was good. I don't know. Um, yeah, she definitely had much better work. look. Yeah, the past couple seasons, they're like, we're mixing up the silhouettes more, because it was pretty stagnant in silhouettes for a long time. For a long time. Well, and then Matthew Anderson, that's all he did for the longest time. Yes. Uh, with yes. style hair in those. And then when they stopped talking as much. Um, <laughs> uh, it, 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 there was like a vibrancy in her looks and like yeah. different. Sh- it was just so much better for a while. Yeah, I did like yeah. this one. Though. I liked, I liked the, um, not rouging, but like the pattern on uh, that one over her breasts. Yeah. That was, I don't know, I think that was my favorite part. Me too, me too. That was absolutely, I loved that part. Uh, so the runway category two, or the first runway category rather, is I believe it's like your cousin. I don't even remember if there was a specific phrasing, but it's like a guest at the backyard barbecue. And it was country cousin something. There we go, country cousin, yes. So it's some distant relative, the implication being playfully country or trashy. Um, but you, you get the idea. So Tara, what were your thoughts on the runway looks for this? Um, well, overall, my favorite person did not win. Um, and I, I thought some of the country cousin looks were pretty pedestrian for what it could have been. Um, and I think some people, I think Blair, for example, like actually kind of went out of what I would have expected for her, which was kind of cool. Um, I don't think it looked the best, but it was like a nice concept. Yeah. Um, I do think uh, a lot of folks like to pick on the Southerners in a way that I, maybe it feels different right now because of obviously like our COVID world that we live in right now. Right. Um, but I liked um, that some of the takes weren't always about like inbreeding and stupidity. <laughs> Me too, me too. Yeah, um, they, they, f- they found good humor in other places, by and large. Yeah. 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 I thought yeah. that Cracker and Juju wrote very funny characters. They're both, I think, really strong writers. And the character voiceover prompt, I think, gave them avenues to shine. I, I really liked what Juju did and the way that she kind of felt sexy mm-hmm. and trashy and that hat looked ridiculous. I'm, I've seen Trixie Mattel in that hat. I'm genuinely curious if she lent it to Juju. I liked that uh, Crackers was, I feel like for Rue, this is a little unconventional, but I feel like if you, I feel like, I mean, I know a fair number of people in New England and the Pacific Northwest where it's like, this is your cousin where it's like, is she 
kind of a hippie or kind of white trash? And the answer is yes. Um, and I thought that that was a a smart take <laughs> um, for me. Um, yeah. And- I hated Cracker's Country Cousin look. Do you not I know? Hated do you not know this girl? Because I know this girl. She lives in Vermont. I feel like I could. <laughs> I I don't know this girl. Okay, I know I also this girl. Think I've seen I've seen Cracker. I, I the way I read it was Cracker put a lot of her effort and energy into her backyard barbecue couture whatever. And just kind of threw her country cousin look together in the last minute. That's how it looked to me. I the the writing was hilarious. I'm like not at okay. all disagreeing with that. It just was a really lazy look to me. Like, yeah, for me the pro like I do know this girl too. The problem is between the wig, the skin, and the dress, it's like this kind of tea stained smear on my television screen, and it makes it a little like there's it's just a little blob to me um i agree i think the writing was doing like watching it was funny but the writing was doing all the heavy lifting i agree jujubee's mm-hmm. uh country cousin was the it was it was the best it was the perfect blend of juju's sense of humor like it's a riff on like white trash looks like with the daisy dukes and the floppy hat but just it all sings in juju's hands it was perfect i agree it I agree was with such that. yeah like the way juju delivered that like slutty country cousin was perfect perfect i agree i agree she carried herself she was in character the whole time what did you think of shay's country cousin so this girl i know i saw this girl all the time in the school um so it like made a lot more sense to me um did you all see her post about the back of the shirt because they couldn't show it on the show i did not know um so this like Super ties it in, I think. So, like, she has R.I.P. Grandria. And then when you turn around, there was an airbrush Tweety. <laughs> perfect. That's I think funny. perfect. I yeah. know that girl. I went to I went to middle school with that girl. Um, I loved it. I thought that okay. one was so perfect. I feel like the memorial t-shirts that you see in, like... I mean, so I, like, I'm a Chicago native, and I, I grew up on the South Side to a certain age, and... Uh, the memorial t-shirts, I think this sometimes with some of the things that are sort of specific to black American culture is like, I know this girl and I know that's t-shirts. I don't think a lot, like, I think most of the viewership is like, what? Um, but I know the like memorial t-shirt worn at the backyard barbecue the year grandma dies kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mm-hmm. it was a smart take. I got it to be perfectly honest. I'm not sure RuPaul knows what she's got doing. it. Um, but you might be right. Yeah, um, but yeah, I know this girl. I didn't think the writing was as strong, but I thought the look and idea was good. Also, yeah. I will say on the tea stain dress that Cracker was wearing, that girl does shrooms at a lot of like Grateful Dead cover festivals, and it falls off of her. Like I know that girl <laughs> down, and there is a reason it gets darker lower because she doesn't know how to wash the dirt out. She also does not care. Anyways. <laughs> Um, Alexis's was really the bum note for me because I don't get the country cousin thing in the first look and the wig reveal was, was not good. It didn't help. It did nothing. It did nothing. And what got me is, um, while we're speaking on people we know having grown up on the South side of Chicago, 
I know a lot of Latinx aunties who all age into that color magenta hair. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel there was a better character in there. Like, I th- like that was the starting point for a look that could have been hilarious. And to see it reveal to that wig as opposed to start with that wig or be centered, I'm like, there's a character in there that anyone who who's grown who lives in a area with a sizable Hispanic population a thousand percent knows and I it, it kind of like the, the way that Cracker and Shay uh and Juju all evoke something very specific like even Juju had like that great line about uh, ping but my family calls me Amber I know a, I, I know many people of, uh, of Asian descent who all have who have like who a go Western by a different name, name. yeah yeah a Western like, name yeah yeah and so it's like it felt like it's actually kind of amazing when you look at the group collectively they all found a way to make maybe that's what kept it from being lazy inbreeding jokes because they all found something in their own culture and because pov really yeah i i don't think i'm i don't think i'm overgeneralizing when i say all no one doesn't like getting together with people to eat and drink that's a fairly common human activity and all cultures do it and they all do it in some you you know specific way, and they all found them, mm-hmm. except yeah. for Alexis. And I'm like, ooh, the fact that you have the the auntie wig right there, ready to go. Where was that character? Made me yeah. sad. No, I feel like um, I yeah. I agree with you about what Alexis was doing, and knowing that that aunt who shows up in this in the dress where it's like. Listen, I get that you're fine wearing clothes two sizes down, but if it's a mini skirt, we will see everything. Like, keep it down. I've been at that barbecue myself. Uh, (laughs) And I think that the idea that Alexis was bringing was great, and I just think the execution was underwhelming. And the wig reveal was like, don't do a wig reveal, especially if it's not like, oh, it falls off at the end. Like... Don't do a wig reveal if it's like, here's a less impressive wig that brings the look together less. Like, that's not... Here, I'm more underwhelming. No, ma'am. She had the lost opportunity. Yeah, had she started with that wig and the character could have been, yeah, the auntie who doesn't know that that dress is too small and it's probably a little young for her. But we love her anyway because once she gets a little drunk, she's a real riot. Like, that... We all have that auntie. I'm gonna be that auntie. Like, it's just... Yeah, there were just, yeah, I agree. Execution was just off and it landed with a bit of a thud. She was the one who I honestly don't think did a good job at this. Blair's was so, here's a, like a white trash motorcycle girl, Indiana cliche. Oh, it was perfect for Blair. It was, it was was perfect perfect for Blair. I I do feel like it was like, here's a cliche and I'm doing it exactly, but I also have like a China doll face. So it looks a little like a runway model wearing a costume but like mm-hmm. i'm not gonna like she did she had an exact idea and she executed it perfectly. oh no it, it was paint by numbers but she she painted inside all the lines and with the correct paint for the correct number so yeah. you can't... so that this is why i say i feel like alexis is the only one where it was like yeah you didn't you didn't i don't know i mean you two seem to really hate Parker's I... look but i liked alexis's only because i've had that cousin but then alexis really just didn't deliver with her voiceover which normally alexis does like i yeah uh, i 
the very first time I watched season three, I was like, ugh, Alexis, no way. And then any other time I've ever watched, I'm like, oh yeah, actually, Alexis is really smart, really talented, really funny. Like, give her credit. Um, so I was excited to see her on the show, but she just didn't bring it on that voiceover and with this concept because I've been, I've seen that cousin. I've had that cousin. I've had to help that cousin get into a cab when she had too many Long Island ICs. So let's, I don't know. I think that she could have done more. I, I agree. I think we all felt that way. And I do, I do think yeah. she is funnier than the voiceover that she wrote for this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, she never got the credit she deserved in season three. She was always the also ran. And don't get me wrong. It, you know, when your top two are, uh, are, you know, Jujubee and, uh, Raven and Manila. Raven and Manila. Thank you. Manila. Thank you. They Our, um, Raja and Manila. Thank We're you. doing great. <laughs> we are. We are all. I am on fire today. Batting. Uh, just. I'm the best. Um, but yeah, like. But I always felt like yeah. Looking back, I just rewatched season three because what else is there to do since we can't go outside? And yeah, it was always like yeah. Everyone treated her like anytime she did good, they were almost surprised. I'm like, she's a talented, hardworking queen who keeps her head down and does the fucking work. So yeah, but still, that made me sad. Yeah. All right, so Tara, we're going to the second runway. The the it's like we're using backyard materials for a runway level gown or whatever, yeah. a runway, a high fashion look. What were your thoughts on the these looks? I mixed. I like didn't expect certain people's looks. I mean, I'm just going to say it. Um I didn't Please do. like shaves. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like shaves. Um which I at first was like excited by the concept, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. Um, Juju's was hands down my favorite uh, with the sewing issues and all. Um, the kitty pool? The fuck? Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I agree. Let's just get into <laughs> them. There's only five looks. So I'm, I'm going to say Shay's gown idea. I up top the beading and the way that she did her face and her hair gorgeous stunning the the unfortunate truth is i think if she if she took that like white and gray gingham and constructed a really simple full length like body tailored gown as like a backyard like surprise you all the family barbecue we're doing we're just doing a quick little like i've known people where it's like and then my cousin who didn't want to do a whole thing did this surprise like 15 minute intermission real quick wedding since all of us are here anyways let's keep it casual moment like that i've known that to happen and i think i'm not saying it's right i think shay was trying to do so many things and trying to be a little unexpected that i think she lost her way a little and i feel like Mm -hmm. like if she was going to do a wedding gown she could have just taken that gingham and made like a really simple surprisingly elegant white and pale gray gingham like wedding gown that was super simple and I'm not saying it's right, but I'm pretty sure she would have won the challenge if she did it. I, I like the, I liked the idea of the chaps. The execution was a little off. Like I get their chaps, so they're not supposed to be form fitting because they're literally supposed to go over other clothes you're wearing. Right. Um, but the they look a little loose as a result. I think if she wanted to do this look as is, then the veil should have stopped at that hemline at her shoulder. Um. Like cl- cl- like cloaking your pale gray and white gingham in a sheer tube makes it really hard to see. Like it just again, it's that kind of 
But even with that, the the ginghams like are too close, but also too different that they actually clash. I'm not sure that would have really helped her. Like I get that, yeah. I get what she was going for, and I truly think like if she was a little less ambitious with what she was doing, she would have won. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It also sounded like watching the show, she was running out of time. Like whatever time limit they had, I don't know, but she like. It That's does it, look a little less Alexis. finished than I would have expected. Yeah. She even says to Alexis that she's a little stressed about time. And, like, she didn't spend significant amounts of time helping, I mean, from what we saw, helping the other girls. Um, but time was definitely not on Shay's side for yeah. that one. Yeah. I love Jujubees. I was so impressed with how body-hugging it was for a self-made garment. Like She chose the right, right fabric. Yeah. She chose the right fabric. That thing fits her perfectly and it's not like she doesn't wear body hugging dresses or isn't you know doesn't have a good body but i don't think of her as like a body queen and then like but bam this dress was gourd and like the cutouts of the fruit of the watermelon were perfect and just it's that right balance of like crafty but like it's crafty because you literally did cutouts but it's also very graph it's very graphic and has like like there's a there's it works. a store in- that's the yeah. thing like first yeah. off say these judges do not understand how problematic it is to call drag queens crafty just yeah. generally on this show like yeah. stop take it out of your mouth fully take it out of your mouth it works here like yeah. they look like graphics it works here yeah no it, 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 like- i love Juju's is the best in my opinion me her, too she, me she, too should have won. won this challenge yeah no I, I so as somebody who knows how to sew the like the very tiny details of the like slight unlevelness at one point where she sewed the side seam is like barely clockable to the eye yeah. with like a pair of scissors and two hand stitches i could have fixed that it still looked great you had to examine it to even see it no ma'am like mm-hmm. and it was for me it was the most just watching it come down the runway it was the one that like gagged me do you know what i mean like it was yeah yeah, I, I love the I love the color because I think it would have been easy to like try to find a closer like green green to do watermelon. But I kind of love that she picked like it's still like a it's like a tropical fruit color, but it's not so literal. So it really makes it fashion. Yeah, because it has yeah. like a three color color board. Yeah, and they work together. Yeah, if it was if it's just green and like a watermelon pink, it's a little too narrow yeah right although uh, ursula she did post um juju posted that she wished she could have had that fabric in green because she would have liked it better for the overall look happy Uh, mistake oh yeah yeah i think this just looks gorgeous um i'll say it i think alexis was my second favorite um the detailing at the top is great and i i kind of like the kitty pool it has that balance of whimsical weird like like, like, yeah, like, there was something about um, how to, like, it, it doesn't hide what the materials were. And because that wasn't part of the brief. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, make sure we don't know where this came from. Because that's a that's right. a different kind of unconventional challenge, materials challenge. But the the, bod- the shoulder detailing is fantastic. Like, the exploded solo cups are great. And I get the proportion of the mermaid hem with the kiddie pool is extreme. But... 
it still kind of worked for me. Like, I think it because of the reveal showing it's literally the kiddie pool, that's what made it work. If she hadn't done the reveal, then yeah, I would just be, the proportions are weird. What the hell is that? But it, it's almost like this weird take on like those platform shoes from the seventies with the goldfish in them. Like, I don't know, this kind of, this kind of works for me. It's stupid, but in a way that I respond to. The way the fabric draped is what bothered me. Yes. Mm. Okay. The way the I fabric agree. drapes off the side, it, it looked, I, I don't know, unsecured almost. And if there was like a little bit more of a slope versus like a hard end, which I'm not a seamstress, IDK had to do that. Um, but, you know. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll give I, you I that. that I'll, I'll... It hung like a tablecloth more than it draped like a garment would normally. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah. I, I, I and I, give you that. And I do feel like a lot of the critiques for the runway tend to be like, it worked or it didn't work in a really black and white way. And I yeah. I don't like doing that. I think that's frankly really a narrow way to think. I feel like the the garment's construction and tailoring around her body and the glo- the little mini gloves she has, impeccable. Um, she's a pageant girl through and through. You can see that. I agree with you on the kiddie pool and the draping. And I feel like the explosion collar line moment uh with the solo cups it's also like i'm not gonna say either of them didn't work i don't think they worked great okay it's it's like it's not like i'm not like it's either a 10 or a zero if she pulls it off it's like a Mm -hmm. six if that makes sense yeah and it's like it really could like i think a couple modifications and it could have been a 10 but the draping is weird it's like the pool is a little too high and the edge is a little too heavy the fabric just like is hanging off like a tablecloth and it looks weird. Your eye is drawn to it immediately. Uh, Blair's was a misfire for me. Uh, it, like I get she's not a sewer, but it does literally look like she just pinned uh, a gingham cloth around herself. And like, I feel like when people were clocking Gigi good last season, this is what that critique really, like, I don't know. This just, fe- this just feels like I'm pretty and skinny and I'll just throw this over myself and it will work. And it doesn't for me. See, to me, this is like a great silhouette if it was fully uh, developed, I guess. I, I really liked it. I liked the pattern. I loved the look. I I, I like how... I, I love the entire concept that she had. But for some reason, partially how she constructed it, it just like did not make it all the way across. And like I, like I said earlier, I loved the like the the fabric, the chair material or whatever that she used as like a border to give it some body and to weigh it down a little bit. I thought that was super clever. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a neat idea. I think that you know Carson was right and that it just like didn't get executed as well as she would have liked. Um, Blair definitely was bottom two for me this week. Yeah. Uh, Same. I I love the fabric choices and the color palette of this. I also, their comment on the, it's either wet or it's not hair, like bullshit. I, my problem was the lace. Was that was weird. Up. That was yeah. weird. I, that, that's a total, like that, like semi wet, like I'm not removing all the texture way of doing hair. It's yeah. something you see a lot more in advertisements and things in recent years. And yeah. my issue was I'm seeing your lace come up on the side. Like it, it's not fully laid right now. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. The, hair, the style itself was not bad. Um, but the garment, it was a concept that 
was trying to be so high fashion that it wasn't fully constructed and did not fully come together. I think there is a version of this idea that is a little more, like, covers a little more of the crotch in the front and is a little more structured on whole. I also think, yeah, I also think she is so skinny and flat-chested in such a boyish way that it does, having this hang so low and kind of falling off of her as it moves, it, it totally, for me, it shatters the illusion. Um, Do you remember Nikki Doll's unfinished Cinderella um, look? from last season. I remember thinking it didn't really feel that unfinished to me, but I don't remember it specifically. Oh. <laughs> I just I just remember with Blair walking out onto the stage in this look, I was like this is a couple steps down from what Nikki did. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes that sense. Look. Um I mean, the thing is if you can't walk down the runway without it falling apart and you like have to hold the fabric together so that it like stays in place, it's not really a functional garment. Yeah. Um yeah. So, Listeners, I am snapping. I am snapping right now. Yeah. Um, all right. So then, Cracker, <laughs> thoughts on her look? It was good, not great for me. Like it was a solid look. Yeah. Like everything was fine, was fine uh, but not, it didn't set. It didn't set me on fire. I agree. It was very Cracker. It was fully conceived from head to toe, and I think there were no clockable errors. And I do think at this point they're like splitting hairs so much in All-Stars that it feels a little bit like sometimes you're winning because there's nothing for us to knock, even if it's not, even if it's underwhelming. Um, I do think the way that she used the little details of the red part of the shuttlecocks throughout conceptually made sense. The shoes really did it for me. Yeah, They say the difference between an independent woman and a spinster is the shoes, and I think this look really speaks to that. Um, But yeah. I, I, I don't thought... hate I, I I don't hate Cracker's look because some people like really vehemently were against it on the internet. Um, I don't think she should have won, but I also really didn't like her hair for this. Um, okay. For this outfit, I feel like okay. she should have had big hair for this. Um, it just seemed too almost matronly with the tight okay. tight. So you said Juju would have won for you. Mm-hmm. Juju for sure. Okay, Hersela, what are your thoughts? Who would have won for you? Juju, yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, the, my feeling is the minor hemline, like misalignment at one tiny point that was like a half a centimeter off, and the like. Okay, she could have cut the fabric that laid over so we couldn't visibly see it when she turns. Would have, you know, taken it there solidly, but like it's so negligible for me juju won this um i think cracker did a good job i think she won because her voiceover was the i think rue found it the funniest though i feel like juju was right there with her and because her final look had no clockable errors even though it wasn't the most like wow factor for us um whatever all right so that that is the winner um so the girls go back to the workroom to chat, and Cracker makes it very clear that she feels like it's clear that Alexis and Blair are the two girls who have not won. Um, and honestly, my thoughts are, they also are the two girls who did the worst in this challenge. So yeah. for me, yeah. it's those two things that makes me like, so I'm really choosing between you two. Um, and I feel like that's the thing about this, like, you're all in the bottom moment. It's like, it's it's very clear that it always ends up coming down to two girls. Like, there's really no point. Um, 
I think it's dumb that they're if you're not winning, you're all in the bottom, but whatever. Um, I thought it was really a bad idea last week, but I digress. Uh, so, uh, I mean, especially after Cracker's early missteps with people, I don't think Cracker was the one <laughs> to be like, oh, I could send any of you bitches home. Who will I yeah. think? Will it be you or you or maybe all of like, uh-huh. that? She's not going to do that. I don't think she's constitutionally, she's just not that queen. Yeah, no, um, she values her career no. and is not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I agree. Alexis and Blair were in the bottom two. What did you think of the conversation about it? It was interesting. Blair's talking head was annoying to me. Oh, I guess we're not friends. Like, shut up. You were in the bottom this week. You were. If there were, if there were a bottom two, you'd still be in it. Calm yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like Blair was mm-hmm. so confused about the concept of where they are in the competition. Like, I was like, you're so far into an all-star season and you have not won. You've been safe the whole time. Like, this is like, it's not like week two, honey. It's like, it's week six. Yeah. You have yet to win anything and you got some of the worst critiques. What is happening in your brain right now? And she used her reading challenge win as like a buffer. She's like, well, I did win the reading challenge. I was like, you won the very first mini challenge and have just skated by since. Like, that's not going to help you. Yeah. It, it was so weird to me because it was like, you know, Alexis has been in the top three multiple times multiple and times. has not yet won a challenge. Like, if we're going on report card and this week's critiques, it's you, Blair. Like, it's yeah. absolutely you. Yeah. It's weird like, that you're responding this way. Off of her. I know. Yeah. It was so weird. I, I was like, I was just like, oh, what, what is your sense of reality right now, Blair Sinclair? She's got that Valentina French vanilla latte. Apparently, <laughs> fantasy mom, live in your head. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, so then we get to the lip sync, and it is Miss Cracker looking terrified from jump, <laughs> terrified. She did deer not in look headlights. Good. No, deer in fucking headlights almost the entire time. Um, versus Roxy Andrew, who looked. So good, though I will say her drag makeup was like, oh, girl, it's been a while since you've been in high def. You're, you're used to those stage lights now, Mom. Because she had softened her beat for All-Stars too, And this was a this was a hard, classic drag beat. It was beat. a Dr- hard beat. Drew, I was not, Roxy was coming I, back with. I was excited when that came up and we saw Miss Andrews. Because I, oh, I, I love Roxy Andrews. She's a great drag queen. I was super excited to see her on two. Her time was way too long on two. But she is so talented. She ate that lip sync the best she could because I don't think it was the best lip sync on both of their parts. Um, yeah, um, I, 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 my position on Roxy Andrews has definitely softened over the years. I now respect her as being a very talented queen who just had the misfortune twice in a row to face off, to be in a season with fucking legends. Like legend, legend. Yeah, you're an a, you're an a queen. You just happen to always be facing off against A plus plus queens. That's just that's yeah. absolutely true. literal icon. Yeah. yeah. No. So, like, yep. Sorry. Um, she looked great, and I thought she was being low energy, and maybe it was just the song too. But like the the delay on taking off the coat, she's building tension. I get it. I I took theater one hundred and one. I understand how this works, but it still felt a little slow going. Once once the th- once the dress came off and thick and juicy was written on that woman's ass, I'm like, well, give her the check because she's got it. That's it. Oh, game, game over. 
Oh, see, I feel like so it's so they sang one last time by Ariana Grande, and it's like a low tempo song that's really about yeah. eye contact and like embodying the song. It's way less about really dancing, dancing. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like the camera wasn't always showing us Roxy's eye contact hmm. because it was also showing Cracker. But for me, it was like Roxy was embodying this low, like mid low tempo song perfectly performing it confidently looking at the judges totally calm and collected and she i feel like she was looking at the judges while she was preparing to take off her feather coat in a way that was like seductive and then she timed it with the song the point is if you're gonna do a reveal with a lip sync like you do it in a way that like works with the song which is what she did i don't i felt like right I felt like this is not a great lip sync song. We're not going to get like a legendary lip sync from this, but I feel like Roxy performed that lip sync. That's how you do that song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me. It was, it was, it was a low energy performance because they were both too high energy for me. Even Roxy, who really did slow it down for like the reveal. And like, I'm with you uh, in that it like needed, like, it's like a slower tempo, more sensual song. Yeah. Um, but like there's there's Cracker was doing her thing and like twirling a little bit. I was like, please please stop. Like anytime I see a queen go too hard to a song, I just imagine Kenya Michaels next to Latrice, and it's painful. <laughs> and that's yeah. all I can that's like and it's all I could kind of see because I wanted them both to like take a breath and chill for a second. Um, even Roxy, who was doing great and deserved that win but yeah i, I just like I, I feel like the shablams have gotten all over everything we we keep oh my god we, we've gotten to a place where we forgot that the reason those moments work is because they're special and mm-hmm. by definition rare yeah like rare. like when, yeah like i can't stress this enough like you're just it's like you're just pouring the whole bottle of ketchup on the fries here and you gotta it's a it's yeah. a flavoring not a main dish yeah but yeah, uh, and I'll, and full credit where it's due. Roxy Andrews' ass looks amazing. I agree. Like whatever com- and juicy. Yeah, whatever combination of genetics, squats, and surgery that woman is rocking have worked <laughs> like gangbusters. Um, Her booty I, is all natural. I believe that. I I was just being a a, a a picky bitch when I said surgery. I believe that that's the ass God gave her. Um, I think that's the Lucky ass ho. Zumba gave her. Um, <laughs> so I will say that I feel like um, I'm gonna say like Cracker has looked like a deer in headlights during lip syncs before, but she's also done very good ones. She, I think this is her worst ever. Her energy was all weird. The hair was like. Not the right hair for this well, song. Because she didn't even all. change the wig. She she kept the wig from the, from I know. the Batman I, And it was like, mm-hmm. this is a song where soft lady-like hair moving is an option and is like, like gonna help sell the sensuality. This mm-hmm. tight updo and deer in headlights look, like, I don't think you consciously threw this lip sync, but I feel a little bit like it's possible. Yeah, I, I think the hair worked for the Batman look because it kind of gave me uptight uh, country club woman who takes tennis lessons and is having an affair with a tennis pro that kind yeah, of shellacked in, in the 1950s. Yeah, yeah. This was just <laughs> we like you looked like you looked like a mother of the bride who stumbled into an ice skating competition. Yes, uh, <laughs> and not and like it's oh not working my. for me. I also think Cracker knew like 
if I send Blair home, then it's like she sent her friend home. If I send Alexis home and Alexis was really hard at the top, like I think Cracker felt like those are the only two people she can send home. She's damned if she does. She damned, she's damned if she doesn't. I think she was so in her head about that that she couldn't really... Yeah. That she, I think she didn't even... I think if she felt more like, oh, this person did the worst and has the worst report card and I don't have any like mm-hmm. history with them, she'd like know who she was going to pick and she would have had enough t- time in her brain to like pause to think to change her hair. It was it was odd to watch just because I feel like I was almost paying attention to Cracker looking so uncomfortable and I was like, yeah, do you need a totally. Percocet, honey? Like, yeah, it was um, distracting. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So who do we think she picked? Oh, I know who she picked because they've been revealing them on Untucked. Oh, who did she pick? Everyone voted for Alexis except for Alexis who voted for Blair. Yeah. I was a little surprised by that. I thought it might be at least closer. Like, my my problem is, I'm I'm not going to say I'm mad about Alexis going home. I'm not saying I think it was wrong, per se. But I feel a kind of, instead of it being a top four, now it's a top three in Blair. Does anyone not think Blair is going home next week? Is there any set of circumstances no, in which Blair makes it to the top three? I I think Cracker would have to really fuck it up if it's like a music challenge. Like, I think Cracker would have to... It's a stand-up challenge. Oh, yeah, Blair's going home. Right, yeah. so I feel like like I can make a stronger case for Blair going home. Like, if this were a traditionally judged episode, um, just based on, like, yeah, neither of them have won, but Alexis has been second place a lot, and she's coming off a legendary Snatch Game performance. It's one of those... Between the two, who do I expect to give me something more interesting next week? And it's Alexis. So I just feel it's like, do I think Alexis would probably also go home next week? Maybe, but I think it's a tighter fight between Cracker and Alexis than Cracker and Blair. Because I'm accepting as gospel that uh, Shay and Juju are on the top two. I I refuse here in 2020. I will not give 2020 any more, including that especially that Juju or Shea aren't in the top two. So the narrative interest for me next week is who who's it going to be between the other two. And Alexis Cracker is just a more fun fight than, than Blair Cracker. That's the only reason I'm like annoyed at this outcome. I am annoyed at this outcome. It just really, really points to what you said and that Alexis has performed better than yeah. Blair in this she series. She has. Yeah. She has. Um, do you think that this is the outcome of India stirring the pot last week. Yes. I do. I 100% So do I. I think that if I think that if India did not pull her shenanigans the in Alexis's worst biggest stunt in All-Stars history, yeah. um Blair would have gotten sent home. Right. Oh yeah. Myself. Like those fucking letters like Oh my god. Like, I mean, credit where it's due. You got your name mentioned when you're not on the show anymore, so I guess that that counts now as a win. Um, and got uh, but, somebody kicked off. Right! It's like, but yeah, it did It did feel like this was the downstream effect of everyone wondering. It's also, but and here's the thing. Even if you kept Alexis around, it's now top four. It doesn't matter what anyone's actual opinion or scheming is, because we're either about to get to a place where Rue is going to take over decision-making again, and it also doesn't matter. Like, there, there's not, like, a campaign that can be done because the most you can get is a 2-1 vote for something. It just, mm-hmm. yeah, it, 
it and it made me like I like Alexis and I I have since season three. She seemed like a nice person who would be like good to work with. And anyone who makes Vanessa Vanji Mateo has to fundamentally be a decent human being, right? That's that 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 makes yeah. sense. So I feel like this taints Alexis's legacy in a way that feels really unfair to Alexis, and a way that makes me feel bad for her. Yes. See, I think because of the article that just came out where India just was like essentially like clarified that the conversation happened after voting boosts Alexis up as yet another racial scapegoat of drag race. Who's like a Ooh. non-white queen that gets Fair. thrown under the bus. Fair. Yeah. No, and I'm like, go... it just like highlights that once again, that this like happened to another queen of color. Right. And like India legit, India knew what she was doing. Yeah. And... I agree. Yeah. Thousand percent. I don't like her. I so, I mean, I'll give you that it it gives Alexis a little credit back, but I also feel like the damage is done. It's like breaking somebody's vase and then apologizing. Is the vase still broken? Absolutely. Did Alexis still go home without making it to the top four? Also, absolutely. Yeah. Oh no, um, you're to- you're totally right. You're absolutely right. Um. So, Persila, at the top of the season, you were really unwilling to see an inch of good in Derek Barry. Do you see any vindication for Derek's dislike of India at all in seeing what India brought to this competition? Allow me to carefully parse out my critique of Derek Barry. I, there is not a lot in Derek Barry's drag that I respond to personally and didn't think and did not have that changed by Derek's time. Do I completely agree that do I am I now on Derek's side in the fight with India? Sure. Um I'm still kind of like bored by Derek as a performer, but that's a separate issue. I don't think Derek was a uh, Derek, uh, Derek was a little shitty on her season, so I won't uh, but yeah, I totally get why someone wouldn't like India Fair at this point. 1000% okay. agree. <laughs> okay. Just curious. All right. Do you know that um the the biggest gag is that after the season Alexis moved to Vegas? And worked with India. Yes. At the same club. Yes. Did we talk about that? Yeah. No, we didn't, but I do know that to be true. That, yeah. I, <laughs> maybe this, this I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I think this sequence of events actually makes an even stronger case for the abolition of this voting model than what happened to Shangela and what happened to Manila. Because those were dumb. Those were very dumb. But they didn't meaningfully hurt the people they happen to because Shangela Manila are fine and they're going to stay fine. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying Alexis won't be fine. I don't know. This, this even feels dumber because it feels like the, it's just conjecture that made them afraid. Yeah. And it's just, it's like yeah. your voting system. It, 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 it's like the Stanford experiment or something where it's like, you literally created a closed environment where you encourage people <laughs> not to trust each other and now we're shocked at the results. Like, of course, they all turned into monsters. They don't eat. They don't sleep. You just only get, you know, they only have alcohol and nothing but 24-7 stress, no contact with the outside world. I'm surprised blood hasn't been shed. Please go back to judging this yourself. You're, I, you're the executive producer now. Your name's above the title. You make a lot of money. I think that justifies you doing the work of judging them and letting those chips fall where they may. Just putting it out there. <laughs> I still love the voting. I won't lie. I love the voting. <laughs> okay. You know, you're welcome to like it. I do not like it. I 
I feel like, especially as you get down to the wire, it becomes really opaque. And I will like, agree that I don't know what's going to go, obviously, now. Like, what are they going to do? Like you said, I think Ursula said, like, is Rue going to take over it? I well, yeah, totally the top four. What, that. What's the point of voting when it's that small a pool? Like, it's just... Right. Woo! Yeah. Look, I, I, I wish it would go away from the voting and focus on the drag. I would much rather see All-Stars come back and, like, really just be focusing on doing the best drag they can do than the in-the-workroom sh- shenanigans. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it's funny you say that, that this is, you know, this has happened to another queen of color. Like, when you line these up, every time this voting system has done something stupid... It's done it to a queen of color. Like, Shangela, I'm, I'm not saying Shangela must have won season three. I'm saying there is no valid analysis of season three without Shangela in the top two. I I think Trixie could on could pull off a win against Shangela. I'm saying that's the fight we all wanted to see. And yeah, just every... This system keeps screwing over queens of color. It was like it's why we had it's why we had to shoehorn in that tie in All Stars Four because we could like Rue didn't want to have the social media storm of giving it to Trinity outright. This whole this whole thing is bananas. I agree. I agree. I think That's I think fair. it gets too messy, and it get and I think there's too much like there's too many like racial issues and tensions. The show is like too important and too watched by too many eyes that I feel like. This just sets the queens up to be, like, attacked online in a way that I'm like, they're drag queens and we're gay men. Drama is going to happen, honey. Yes. Like, it's going to happen on its own. Yeah. We don't, mm-hmm. like, you don't need to produce it in this way. Yeah, and, like, it's a valid criticism about how the show treats white queens versus queens of color, but this voting system has always apparent, like, queens of color would have succeeded more, but for this system completely organically it would have just happened shangela was on her way to beating the snot out of all of them and then this uh-huh. jury system like come on like you, yeah, the- you have to look at that moment and go oh my attempt to create drama actually only deprived a queen of color of an opportunity to perform okay may- maybe that's a time to look in the mirror and think about as tatiana says choices yeah yes <laughs> And with that, does anybody else have anything to say on this episode or this season? I'm still enjoying the season. Like, uh, we, we critique a lot, I, yeah, but it's I because we love. Like, like I'm also a diehard Trekkie, and I can tell you, nerds love the thing they spend the time picking apart, because otherwise, why would you spend so much time picking it apart? Like, Okay, real quick. Picard season one, yes or no? Soft no. Um, Echeb's eyeball being gouged out broke my heart and disgusted me and i never forgot that was so much that was, that was too much it did not need to be like did not need graphic. to happen and and that finale was bullshit the end of that the last half of that season made me so angry made yeah me so the, angry. The, the only thing i loved about it unabashedly was the episode with troy and Riker. i will watch the three of them do nostalgia in oh, amber yeah. lighting for the rest of my life so that sorry, sorry side trip side trip side trip we're done no, no that's that's cool yeah. um, um, all right yeah uh, if you have a Star Trek podcast, let me know. We can talk about it. Bye. <laughs> she does. She uh, does. Um, uh, oh, really? I love <laughs> Yeah. I'm enjoying the season. The queens have done some great work. I look forward to continuing watch Shay. And I'm going to say, 
after the last few episodes, I think Juju B has a better like. I would still lay odds for Shay, but I think Juju B has a it, like. It's a closer race with Juju B than than I would have said at the start of the season. I would say I'm just sad Juju's here because I can't put all of my energy behind her the way I would if Shay was not here. If Shay wasn't on this season, Juju would have all of my all right, of right. my um behind her. They're both amazing queens, beautiful, wonderful people, and you, you want to root for both of them. But here's the thing. That's going to be a, the fun thing for me to watch. Like, it's going to be a clean fight, and it's going to be a it's going to be a piece of art to watch. That's what I expect. Yeah. Yep. And, that, and both of them can walk away benefiting from having participated in that contest. I agree. Yep. And to be honest, I do feel, we've talked about this a lot. Juju's been in so many challenges. She's been like second runner up for three seasons now, um, where it weirdly feels like you're not just always bridesmaid, bridesmaid. You're like maid of honor, but never the bride. And I feel like, personally, you've made some points that you feel like Juju, even though she's only won one challenge and has been kind of second place for almost every challenge on this season, it does feel like those are hair-splitting decisions, and Juju is absolutely giving everyone a run for their money. She's not giving mm-hmm. you. I'm. She's not giving you. I didn't enter this to win second place. I really want to win. I agree with you completely. I feel like the wor- the caliber of work I've seen from both Juju and Shay at this point. I think both of them have proven to me that they deserve the crown, and I am excited to keep watching to see what happens next week. Um, and to be honest, if Juju, and this is entirely possible, if Juju comes in and she slays the comedy challenge and she has two wins and Shay has two wins and Juju mans- manages and to turn has it out. Wins. Yeah. And Juju manages to turn it out during the lip sync. Like I love Shay and Shay was the one I wanted to win coming in. If Juju does that, which is entirely in her wheelhouse, I will feel like, mm-hmm. Hey, Shay almost won a second time and I'm just as impressed and love her and Juju Third time's the charm, one, good for her. Like, I'm, I agree with you. Like, I love both these girls. I want great things for both of them. Both of them have proven to me they deserve this crown. Yeah. So, so join us next, next week when we watch Blair go home. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So, that's the episode. Thank you again, Tara, for so much for joining us. We had a blast. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much for great. having me. You are very welcome. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, shout outs to uh, some of our fans who have been leaving reviews lately. We appreciate it. Again, please rate, review, and subscribe. I know leaving a review on iTunes is annoying and not intuitive, but those reviews really do help us show up higher on searches and help more people discover the podcast. We seem to have a small viewer listenership, but those who do listen seem to absolutely love it. Um, so we would really appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review on iTunes. I've been Condé Nasty. I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch. Bye. Bye.